0: Hey all, I'm Harsh Vaishnav, the host of Beyond the Business. Uh, Today we have John Zurich on our show with us. John is the founder and CEO of Zurich Artificial Intelligence LLC, the company that developed AHA, which has created a huge impact on uh, how US student loan borrowers access loan repayment relief and uh, related updates uh, from the federal government. Uh, Let's dive deep into it. Hey John, welcome to Beyond the Business by SculptSoft. Uh, Thank you for taking the time to join us today. Uh, How have you been?
1: Uh, I've been great. Thank you for inviting me. This uh, sounds interesting.
0: I've been fine. How are you? Oh, wonderful. Good good to hear that. Uh, I'm I'm actually terrific and uh, very much excited for this conversation. Uh, But before uh, we move forward, uh, how about you tell us a little about yourself?
1: Okay, Um, my name is John Zurich. I'm coming to you at this time from Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, I believe uh, Harsh is interested in some of the things we'll talk about because I'm a social entrepreneur. I have been for the greater part of my career up to this point. Um, And uh, if you're not familiar with what that means exactly, um, to me, a social entrepreneur is somebody who Uh, applies the best practices uh, and the principles of entrepreneurship to socially responsible enterprises, uh, which could be for-profit companies with socially responsible missions, could be nonprofit organizations, could be uh, non-government organizations in countries around the world, Uh, and um, you know currently I'm the founder and president of a um, uh, of a software development company called Zurich Artificial Intelligence which I started in 2018.
0: Okay. How's that? Uh, yeah. Uh, that that's amazing, okay. John. Uh, yeah. That's amazing, John. Yeah, that's amazing. I'd also like to uh, ask you about your entrepreneurial journey and, and what inspired you to become one. Okay.
1: Good question. I actually... Began my entrepreneurial journey when I was uh, a child of about 11 months uh, and cut my teeth as an entrepreneur as I was cutting my teeth. Uh, My parents uh, were both um, entrepreneurs themselves. They, um, When I was just a a baby, uh, uh, leveraged their entire net worth and uh, everything they could Uh, to um, cast their fate uh, sort of on the open waters of entrepreneurship they bought a small business uh, they saw its promise and potential and they spent their um, working life from that point forward building that business into a successful sustainable growing enterprise Um, because um, They had me. I was right there at their side through my, um, childhood. Um, they sold the business when I was, I think, uh, 22 or three years old. Um, and, um, you know, I learned what it meant to be an entrepreneur by watching them, um, address challenges, watching them, uh, protect their interests at times when, uh, they were at great risk. And, um, uh, I learned from observing the way that they enjoyed the challenge of what they were doing and were greatly satisfied by it. That's where it started. Um, I uh, I began my career, actually, in um, commercial theater. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, went from there into marketing and advertising. Uh, and actually, um, you know, I had a... Uh, uh, a degree in fine arts uh, and was able to um, begin a career that was focused more on fine arts initially uh, I was the marketing director of a symphony organization Symphony Orchestra I was um, the uh, ch- I was the executive director of a ballet company. Uh, I um, worked for a uh, international social uh, justice and human rights organization. Uh, as its uh, chief operating officer, uh, I was the CEO of a student loan servicing organization. Wow. Wow. Uh, and so on. So, you know, the whole concept of social entrepreneurship uh, mm. kind of came as a light switching on when I realized that um, socially responsible businesses with missions that were important to society um, needed to succeed as businesses um, to at least an equal degree to which they succeeded at, in their social uh,
0: purposes. Yeah, So it's basically the mixture of uh, creativity and social impact. Am I right? Yeah, right. Can, can you say that? N-
1: yeah. Socially responsible organizations serve a double bottom line. They, they uh, first of all, exist to um, achieve a particular uh, mission that is uh, beneficial to society in one way or another, and that can be an arts organization, it can be a uh, social service organization, uh, it can be uh, a lot of kinds of companies, including for-profit companies uh, with socially responsible businesses. It's basically but in order to achieve
0: money, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, the other bottom line is financial. Okay. Uh, regardless of how admirable, noble, and important their mission is, um, they can't achieve it unless they succeed as an enterprise, as a business. Right. Uh, they True. They have to pay for the work that they do and pay the people who do it and so on. So... You know, they have to reach this, hit this double bottom line. Uh, And, um, you know, it's complicated. It's more complicated than businesses that simply exist to produce profit. Not that there's anything wrong with that. That's the sort of central premise of capitalism. But uh, the double bottom line is a a wrinkle that... um, you know, became important to me when I recognized uh, that the arts organizations I was working for, um, and other uh, social um, kinds of um, nonprofits and NGOs, um, really needed to be good businesses. They needed to, needed to operate efficiently, and um, be good at generating revenue and controlling expenses. And they needed to be sustainable, and uh, they needed to be growing. Um, just like any other
0: business, any other successful enterprise. Right. Wow, that's that's interesting. So, but but was there any uh, moment uh, during this journey when you felt like giving up? But uh, then you then you just stood up for yourself yeah. and uh, achieved what you wanted to. Like, if so, uh, how did you do it? What was the mindset? Well, there were a lot of those
1: moments. <laughs> it's hard to sort of pin it down to one. I, I would say. Um, but how would the we burden do we take... of yeah well you know the, the burden of generating revenue uh, for organizations that um, you know we're not necessarily selling a product or producing a product or offering a service that helps somebody else uh, achieve a profit uh, they were focused on sort of soft outcomes Um you know it's hard to, for example, measure the number of people that don't die in a country that is um, in terrible turmoil and um, in a civil war or is violating human rights, um, and then raise money because of the people you who didn't die. Uh, it's that might not be the best example, but in terms of overcoming those challenges. Um, You know, for me, it meant always keeping the fire in my belly uh, for the outcomes that we were pursuing. Um, Really stoked and burning as hot as it could. Uh, Not giving up. I mean, giving up was always an option when the odds were stacked against us. Um, But uh, you know, if that fire in your belly is burning hot enough. Uh, it can get you through a lot of those difficult times.
0: Also the discipline, uh, right? You have to well, be very clearly. much disciplined. Yeah. You,
1: it, yes. There are, good business requires measurement uh, and you can't succeed without it. You need discipline and you need a whole set of best practices and guiding principles Uh that you can count on when you really need them and that are effective for you day to day as you operate or as you grow or you overcome losses. Or um, it, it is a discipline, it is as much a science as it is a you know sort of uh, emotional um, pursuit of the social vision you're trying to achieve
0: so, it's so, but, but it's, when, uh, it's a lot of work, but it's good work. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure <laughs> that's true. And so, when when did you uh, specifically uh, transition from being a an entrepreneur to adopting uh, the role of a social entrepreneur on this journey? Yeah, it was
1: actually um, early on uh, after I sort of. Um, migrated from uh, marketing, advertising and commercial theater into uh, arts administration. And um, you know my recognition that a successful arts organization uh, required uh, all the best practices and all the principles and uh, all the discipline and commitment that uh, any business does. Um, if it wanted to be able to continue in its social mission and um, thrive in its social mission, uh, the thriving of its uh, business as an enterprise, successful enterprise, was equally important. And um, you know, the combination of those two, um, the, those those two directions, really. Um, inspired me. I enjoyed it a lot. I liked knowing that being successful in business was being successful in helping uh, an organization be successful in um, delivering social outcomes that, um, you know, basically would leave the world a better place uh, in in their realization.
0: So again, a double bottom line, right? Yep. Uh, Yeah. Okay. So let's now discuss about AHA. Like, can you uh, can okay. you uh, please first provide a brief explanation uh, for the people watching this episode, like about what Aha is, what exactly it does. Uh,
1: well, you know, I said I started an um, internet uh, software development company uh, called Zurich Artificial Intelligence, and Aha is uh, the brand name for our. Um, Chatbot, artificial intelligence, machine learning, chatbot gateway platform. Uh, it is, um, you know, it's a it's a platform that um, the concept was developed uh, five years ago, uh, and uh, it's um, evolved and reiterated over that time as the industry uh, that we're in has done just that: evolved and innovated and. Uh, and and changed uh, at a remarkable pace. Uh, Where we are today with regard to artificial intelligence, uh, machine learning, and uh, the chatbot technology uh, is remarkable. Uh, So, I started this company because uh, previously I had been the CEO of a student loan servicing agency, uh, a company called American Student Assistance. At the time, uh, we um, we had over 500 full-time employees and we had revenues of $275 million. It's one of the largest nonprofits in America. Uh, And it is a nonprofit, uh, but it was, um, you know, succeeding seriously at the bottom line. Uh, Not quite as well in its social purpose. Uh, And, um, as a servicer of student loan borrowers, just to put it in some context, uh, in America at the time, uh, there were um, uh, over 45, 46 million student loan borrowers owing a combined that's amount that's of debt number. of $1. Yeah. 1. $1.7 billion, dollars. Uh, 45, 46 million borrowers owing a total debt of $1.7 billion dollars. Um, and um not being very good at <laughs> keeping up with payments uh in a in a uh an industry that was in many cases uh in a a uh, an co- an economy in in many places places that was absolutely new to the people who were in it uh by that i mean People borrowing money for education are often borrowing for the first time in their lives. Uh, They're often not set up in the economy, um, you know, sustaining themselves, full-time jobs, making a living. They're coming out of um, high school, going into college, um, and uh, they're borrowing, uh, by the time they're out of college, um, you know, more money than they could make in a couple of years, uh, let alone pay back over a reasonable per- period of time. Right. I mean, it was a, um, what I've sometimes referred to as a colossal debacle. Uh, the uh, student loan uh, borrowing industry in uh, that arm of higher education um, causes um, very serious ripples through the American economy. Uh, it t- uh, causes uh, young people to, first of all, Get in over their heads financially and thereby not be able to um, rent apartments, not be able to buy houses, not be able to afford to get married, have children, um, pursue careers in the um, professions that they really wish to work in uh, and, uh, uh, it, and it's sort of a silent um, epidemic. Uh, mm. In any room full of, you know, Stop. 50 yeah. people yeah. You're going to have at least ten or fifteen, if not twenty, uh, who uh, are student loan borrowers. Um, they're, you know, spread throughout the economy at you know every sort of um, level uh, of the economy. So you know, we were servicing at that time um, about um, five million borrowers. Uh, And by servicing, that means essentially helping them manage their uh, repayment, Um, helping them find the repayment plan that was best for them based on their circumstances. Uh, That's a good
0: job, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, uh, And we weren't doing a very good job. Uh, It's such a complicated kind of Customer service uh, yeah. that uh, you know it requires um, first of all call center agents that are highly trained uh, right. because these borrowers have uh, repayment options uh, that uh, are widely varied um, and can, in times, um, commit them to payments they clearly can't afford uh, over periods of time that would last through you know <laughs> most of their adulthood. Uh, and, um, you know, they, they didn't understand, um, for the most part, uh, they weren't experienced consumers or borrowers or lenders or, um, you know, financial planners. They didn't right. really understand how to manage these uh, burdens, financial burdens. And it, it wasn't able to keep up with... We weren't able to keep up with that uh, volume of service uh, yeah. with 150 people on the phone... Mm-hmm seven days a week. Uh, it just wasn't working. Um, and uh, uh, through some you know, networking of my own, I came to recognize that you know, the solution had to be a digital solution. We needed to create a self-service um, uh, kind of option for these folks that gave them the information they needed in order to make the decisions that, that were best for them. And, you know, it was a short step to look at chatbots as a platform for that kind of service delivery. So um, I started the company, as I said, in 2018. We spent um, the better part of the first year, year and a half, um, sort of developing the concept for the chatbots, testing them, um, you know, certainly um, creating the... um, the databases um that would be required to back up the information that was being delivered uh and then um i guess it was in early 2000 well late 2019 we launched our first chatbots with one of the largest uh, student loan borrowers in the country uh
0: was it during the covid
1: yeah just yes it was uh which was um, you know it was, a, it was a time of great change, let's say, in the way businesses were operating and the economy was working and so on, especially the service industry. Uh, so um, it was actually good timing. Um, yeah. We were able to put together a virtual business um, that, uh, you know, we didn't have to go rent, um, you know, 5,000 square feet of office space. Um, we, <laughs> we were able to work with people around the world as well as people across the street. And, uh, you know, the, the, um, the pandemic was a you know, terrible time. Uh, but at the same time, you know, we had a chance to um, use that opportunity to create a pretty effective platform, which we reiterated um, six different times. Um, working uh, uh, based on changing conditions. Over that period in the US, uh, the president um, promised to um, cancel student loans um, uh, on several occasions. And each time he, uh, he, he, first of all, he got elected on a campaign that had made that promise pretty prominent in his platform, uh, but he couldn't get it through Congress. And each time Congress failed to, uh, back a student loan forgiveness plan, uh, we needed to update our chatbots and, you know, update our databases so we could deliver to the students and borrowers the, the latest information, uh, regarding, um, what their options were and how to solve their problems. Um, and, um, you know, that in a, in a nutshell is how the company got started
0: and, uh, uh, that's why we're here today. Yeah, but like uh, for students, it, it was like, uh, uh, finding water in the desert during the pandemic. Uh, like, it was already well, very hard for them. And, and then you come up with, aha, and they can use this platform and get all the, uh, required information. Right. It was right. like, right. This is just, this is just impressive. I mean. Yeah, they must have given uh, you a lot of blessings. I'm sure
1: it was popular. Let's put it that way. Uh, the users, um, you know, rated it very highly, um, up in the ninety percentile of satisfaction, which is pretty unusual for a service platform of that type. Um, so yeah, it, it works, um, and um, you know, we serviced, um, you know. Over seven hundred thousand people at the busiest time uh we were um delivering yeah, want, uh, yeah, over ten thousand kinds of inquiries a day
0: yeah, okay. yeah I actually want to go there yeah this is because this is very like this is getting very interesting uh I'm sure such a product must have great success stories in terms of numbers as you were talking uh, right okay can you shed some light on that
1: sure uh Again, we we delivered over seven hundred thousand um, complete service uh, uh, deliveries. Um, you know, which saved uh, our clients um, several million dollars uh, because the, that that degree and um, success rate of service uh, through a call center um, is very expensive. Um, Call agents, you know, need to be trained. It's a hard job. Um, That's not for everybody. Uh, And, uh, you know, they have salaries, they have vacations, they have benefits, and so on and so on. Um, You know, our service delivery just costs a couple dollars a a pop. Uh, And uh, so from that standpoint, it was good for the clients. Um, From the standpoint of the borrowers, They were satisfied, and it was a self-service, you know, comprehensive uh, platform. it's
0: easy to use, I think. Oh yeah, can use it. Yeah.
1: Simple interface. Um, It never makes mistakes. (laughs) Once it knows something, it doesn't forget. Uh, It uh, and it, uh, you know, it learns from its its experience. uh, Provides predictive analytics uh, that helps clients understand not only how to deliver service to their, to their clients and their customers, but also you know, what their clients and customers specifically want and need and probably will need uh, on the short-term horizon. The predictive analytics, in a sense, uh, and the machine learning were really the most innovative and uh, powerful aspects uh, they are, the most innovative and powerful aspects of the platform.
0: So that's how well well built the platform is. Aha, yeah, right. Yeah, that's, that's, so what's your what's your vision for Aha and uh, ZAI for the future? Yeah. Well,
1: uh, the future looks pretty good right now. Um, the first of all, the awareness of and the interest in what chatbot and artificial intelligence technology are capable of uh, is historic, really. Um, And the capabilities are historic when you look at the sort of arc of technological advancement. Um, You know, it's remarkable what's happened in the last, you know, 25, 30 years, even you can go back 50 years to where some of this technology began to germinate but on the other hand what's happened uh, just in the last year since the announcement of you know, chat GPT and the focus that's been uh, put on f- chatbot technology uh, mm. is historic um, what it's possible uh, capable of uh, also is historic um, so Uh, The future is good, I think, for a small business (laughs) like ours in this industry. Um, The applications, potential applications
0: are almost Mm -hmm. limitless. Can we use this technology in other industries as well?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, it's hard to think of an industry that wouldn't benefit from this technology. Uh, I mean, any service... uh, Can you give some examples?
0: Yeah. Well, you, you know,
1: the the kind of background um, that w- we see or that we come from is, a, mm-hmm. you know, a an explosion of the first of all the global service economy, mm-hmm. um, post um, you know the age of the fifties and uh, World War II uh, and so on. Uh, the The global economy has turned into, um, you know, a a service industry, a primary, primarily service industry. Um, And when you think of service, it's, you know, it's it's anybody who sells something to customers, anybody who has customers, either internally or externally, internally within their corporations, their companies, and externally as the you know the people who buy their products or um, use their services, um, and uh, it, it's um, you know it, it, it's it's a bigger economy than um, we've ever seen. Uh, so um, you Basically, know name a business, name name an industry, healthcare, um, travel, um, finance, um, fintech, um, yeah.
0: Choose every clothes. industry that exists <laughs> <Music>. on this <laughs> yeah. uh, this planet planet right yeah <laughs> exactly uh,
1: so yeah, Amazon sort of um, you know took us over the moon, and now we're just like you know in outer space, we can go anywhere
0: right. so, 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 uh, okay it's interesting yeah so so uh, th- throughout your career, you have taken on various roles, right so would you like to share uh, right. some of them to us? like and how how have you like how have these experiences played a role in shaping your abilities uh for your current role right.
1: well i learn a lot in everything i do uh i guess and i'm not alone in this way it's always we, learning we, we mindset live, i think we live in a world now yeah. where lifelong learning is pretty essential to you know financial sustainability
0: Right. um
1: yeah at, just to tick through the journey um, as a theatrical producer uh, of you know stage plays in my early career, uh, then marketing and advertising. Then uh, I also um, founded a um, film and video production company oh, uh, that's interesting. called Fini, where we did special effects for uh, network. Um, or streaming television, primarily uh, HBO and Showtime. Um, uh, sort of, uh, you know, titles and various kinds of animation and effects. Um, When I sold that, I started a consulting business and uh, the consulting business led to some uh, contracts in um, healthcare. Uh, particularly, which um, of course is obviously a pretty much a double bottom line profession. Yeah, yeah. Um, it uh, led it then it led then to um, you know uh, some work in performing arts, uh, pr- producing um, well, actually uh, you know ha- turning around some arts organizations, ballet companies in Cincinnati and. Indianapolis
0: and you have a lot I mean
1: yeah and then oh I produced a movie um, a, a, non, uh, a documentary movie uh, uh, mm-hmm. called Bill Monroe the father of bluegrass uh, which is still circulates today
0: uh, is, is it available I, digitally is it is it there on YouTube yeah, or any yeah. other platform you, you can find
1: it online uh, in oh, wow. YouTube and I think you can buy it on you can still buy it on uh, Amazon.
0: Amazon. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Wonderful. Yeah. You,
1: you can watch it on YouTube. You don't mm-hmm. have to buy it. <laughs> I wish no, no. I'd rather you did, but uh, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> then, uh, let's see. So then, yeah, I I, I started, um, I took a, a, a consulting contract with the Robert F. Kennedy Center for Justice and Human Rights. Uh, which at the time was um, you know, having some trouble um, really finding its way uh, and uh, it was in some serious financial trouble mm-hmm. um, and um, you know, I helped them uh, get themselves turned around. Uh, I eventually took the position full-time of uh, Chief Operating Officer. We uh, opened new offices. They were headquartered in Washington. We expanded into first New York. Manhattan, uh, and then uh, in Europe, uh, we expanded a small office in Rome into an office in Florence, Italy, and from that base started NGOs in um, Sweden, um, Switzerland, uh, Greece, Spain, um, cool. and others, France. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, then, um, and then the, you know, uh, before that, just before that, and early on as I was consulting with them, I consulted with a company that was uh, the largest um, uh, sort of homeless transitional uh, organization uh, or in, in um, the U.S. called Help USA, uh, right. which um, helped people who didn't have homes uh, get uh, some transitional housing while they got their lives together, um, helped them train for new jobs, uh, helped them find permanent housing. Um, and, uh, again, that was a sort of, um, financial reinvention of that organization. Um, I'm leaving things out, but it was to say the least, it was a, it's been an eclectic journey that, uh, I certainly didn't plan in advance. It just came that way as I, you know, Uh, did the things I really wanted to do. They led to other things I really wanted to do
0: and Uh, still do. Oh, yeah, that's great. I believe you are the perfect example of a double bottom line. I mean, that's what you've been doing since, I I think, the beginning of of your entrepreneurial journey. That's your, that, that, you know, it's, it's, it's the motivation, I think, that, that you keep with you. It's the motivation currently
1: in Zurich AI and AHA. Um, mm-hmm. we, only, we only do um, projects that, um, you know, have some social benefit uh, with that. Um, we've done some. We're, we're currently, um, you know, about to undertake some government contracts here in the U.S. Uh, wow. that I think could be helpful there's some
0: important I'm sure. issues here. No, no, I'm, I'm very much sure about yeah. it. They will okay. So, uh, so, uh, what advice would you offer to aspiring entrepreneurs? I mean, there, there are so many people who uh, want to uh, be you, basically. I, I mean, yeah, uh, like you, yeah. Well, what would you tell them? You know,
1: that it's. Yeah, I don't want to seem presumptuous because there are hundreds of books maybe thousands that have been written about how to succeed in business and how to succeed uh, from a socially responsible standpoint. Um, I have some good friends who are some thought leaders in that area. Um, and um, But, you know, it just, you have to like to work. You, if you're working doing what you like doing, um, you, you can be a lot better at it. Uh, You can do almost anything better if you can more or less stay relaxed. Uh, But uh, without letting that fire in your belly, you know, die out. Yeah. If you're truly, you know, driven to go in a certain direction, you can do it if you're willing to never give up. Occasionally, you know, crawl through some broken glass on your hands and knees. Uh, and stick to your principles. Um, you know, there's a... I wrote a, uh, a work ethic, um, uh, discipline kind of program um, a few years ago called The Power of Once. but mm-hmm. I, I came up with this sort of encapsulation of, you know, what a, an effective leader uh, might require, and um you know the catchphrase that I used to remember it is um, uh, well it, it, it focuses on ambition, invention, ego competition, and good health uh, mm-hmm. uh ambition is important because if you can't be ambitious and be willing to work hard and if you're not inspired by achieving or seeking something that you think you really want um, you're not going to that's a liability ambition is a great asset um, without it you're, you're disadvantaged ambition invention um, you have to like coming up with new ideas um, there really are no bad new ideas uh, they are just ideas you can check off the list if they don't work but uh, or they you know can't rise to the top but you have to have a sense of ambition. Uh, Invention, sorry. Invention. Ambition, invention. Mm -hmm. Uh, Competition. Mm -hmm. Um, There's always somebody else who's going to want to do the things you're doing uh, or the organization, uh, Mm -hmm. other organizations that compete with the organization you're working for. Um, So, you know, competition is uh, good. It keeps you um, thinking ahead. It, it, It keeps you focused on... Uh, doing the best you can uh, and um, doing it uh, at some level of excellence Uh, so ambition invention uh, competition ego Uh, if um, if you're doing it just to make yourself look good you know that's not it's not good that's gonna come back to haunt you Uh, you have to be willing to uh, be wrong uh, and uh, be willing to accept that and move on and uh, understand that it doesn't mean you're always going to be wrong going forward. Uh, and you have to be willing to um, respect the ambition and the egos uh, and uh, the ideas of the people around you. Mm-hmm. So ambition, invention, ego, competition, uh, good health, yeah. um, <laughs> I you, think that's. You can't work if you're healthy. sick. Yeah. Take care of yourself. Yeah. Nice. Stay healthy. Eat well. Stay fit if you can. And, you know, keep your fingers crossed that nothing terrible happens. And then goodness is the last. Um, you can't lie. You can't cut corners uh, in, nice. uh, you know, ways that you shouldn't. Y- you have to be uh, honest and you have to be. Truthful in uh, how you lead and how you work with people. Um, And uh, you will be appreciated for it. uh, Because um, not everybody has that quality. Uh, You'll encounter it for no doubt. Yeah. So those are the hot buttons. Ambition, invention, ego, competition, goodness, and good health. Good health. But really, you know, that's kind of gimmicky on top of that. Just don't give up. Uh, If you give up, you will never get what you want. Uh, You know, you can change your mind. You can learn from uh, falling down and not getting exactly what you wanted. Uh, But, you know, giving up, um, you're entitled to. It's okay.
0: But once you do, um, I mean, it's okay. It's to hard to get fail, going again. Right? Yeah, it's okay to fail, but you have to, you know, jump back. You have to right. start again. Right. And you just can't give up. Right. I, I think right. this is uh, this is pretty enough for me too. Uh, like this is like an this is like an MBA of entrepreneurship. I mean, I don't have to read multiple right. books. You were right when you said it. I mean, this is enough. If, yeah. if I follow... Well, I'm it, saying, don't I, r-
1: not, I'm not right. saying don't read the books. <laughs> yeah, no, no.
0: <laughs> i can't I, no, presume I, I, to
1: I, take all, all that and, uh, you know... But I, I believe... Uh, narrow it down to something that's the always, only thing you need uh-huh. to
0: know. Yeah, but I think yeah. uh, personal experiences always help more than reading the books. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you learn a, a lot Absolutely. from a person's life.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, this, learning, learning on the job is the best learning
0: of all. True, true. This, this sounds empowering john and i am sure yeah. ahaz and zia's future holds the accomplishment of uh, many such big successful uh, milestones and and i uh, mean unfortunately that that brings us uh, to end of this podcast I, I know we can still talk for mm. hours and hours but uh, i mean we have to end this considering yep. the time constraint okay. right but but yeah. i'm sure well. we will be doing uh, more episodes together in the future right oh, ag- again ag- again again yeah. uh, many i mean many thanks to yeah. you john uh, for joining us today just you know that was a wonderful the, que- conversation just the topic
1: of where technology is going and what that could look like and you know what the risks and rewards could be
0: yeah. um that could be a
1: long conversation in and of itself
0: yeah we, we can definitely <laughs> shoot a uh, our next episode where yeah, we, we okay. were talking about <laughs> uh, the all the technical right. stuff. I'm, I'm very much excited for that as well. <laughs> Great.
1: All right. Well, this has been fun. Thanks, Harsh. I hope yeah. it's
0: helpful. Uh, yes, as yes, it was, it was wonderful. I mean, Good. I know words honestly because I, I've learned a lot during this conversation. Thank Thank you so much, okay. John, for joining us. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Bye. Bye. It was an absolute delight to engage in a conversation with John, from whom I learned so much about industry, uh, entrepreneurship, and the concept of double bottom line that can drive meaningful change for businesses. Uh, I I hope you all found our conversation as enlightening as I did. Uh, You can find social media handles of John in the description below. In future episodes, uh, we will also explore our initiatives uh, aimed at making a Positive difference by collaborating with uh, forward thinkers like John. Thanks for watching.